0: Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 to 20. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. But John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in the hand, his hand to clear the, his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all, and he locked John up in a prison. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm I'm quite excited. you this time of year? Some of you don't look very excited, but... I'm, I'm quite excited. And, you know, the, the good thing is, uh, we already know something uh, of what's been happening. So, we already know that Rahul is Star Baker. Um, we already know that Harry Redknapp has been crowned King of the Jungle. Um, we know that Dalton Harris won X Factor. And um, last night we discovered that Stacey and Kevin uh, are glitter ball champions. So, I'm, I'm quite excited, aren't you? And then, and then it's tonight, as well as the carol services, we've got Sports Personality of the Year, and we'll discover who's won that at nine o'clock. And then at about 10 o'clock, we discover whether it's Sean or Camilla who's going to become Lord Sugar's latest apprentice. So we've got every reason to be quite excited. Our lives are so much richer from the experience, don't you think? Some of you aren't convinced. Some of those, some of those cast into the limelight, will see their earning potential increase exponentially, whilst others, uh, sadly, will be forgotten by the time next year's series come around, because today's celebrity news is tomorrow's chip wrapping. So, uh, should we push ourselves forward to be centre stage? Maybe we should make the most of popularity whilst the going is good. Well, today's celebrity in the spotlight, who's fought his way through various rounds of celebrity profit, is John the Baptist, best known for his quirky fashion sense, his love of water, and a rather more notable relation. And it seems, as we come to these verses in Luke chapter 3, that his star is rising. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah, the special one. Sorry, Jose, the special one was John the Baptist, the special one of his day and of any day. It might have been wise to milk this popularity whilst the going was good. These crowds are fickle, you know. Just ask Theresa May. This celebrity prophet, though, isn't like many other celebrities. He's not after a bigger contract. He's not after more media exposure. So maybe it's worth taking a closer look at what drives him and what we might learn from him and his example. Three things I want to draw out this morning. First of all, he humbly lived out his call. He knew his own role in the unfolding story of God. It was nice to get some plaudits, but he wasn't going to get ahead of himself. He knew that his task was to prepare the way for the Messiah, the support act, so to speak. And that involved him faithfully preaching a message, baptizing, and living a life of obedience. So that's the first thing, he humbly lived out his call. Secondly, he spoke up for what is right. Last week, we were reminded through Joe of his words to the crowds, to the tax collectors and the soldiers who came to hear his message. He spoke boldly and called them to live fruitful lives, which evidenced God's transforming work. And so to the crowd, he told them that they were to share what they had with others. As the tax collectors came and questioned him, he exhorted them to be honest, to do their jobs with integrity. And to the soldiers, he said, be fair and be content with your pay. He was prepared to speak out, and we see in these verses that he was quite willing to speak out and face the consequences. There was no holding back. I'm sure his agent would have advised him to keep quiet. But we see him challenging Herod Antipas, who's had an affair with his brother's wife and then following their divorce married her. John the Baptist is not afraid to point out that this is just wrong, pure and simple, it's wrong. Eventually, of course, this boldness would have unfortunate consequences for John the Baptist, not only going to prison, but having his head served up on a dinner plate. Not what you want for your Christmas lunch, really, is it? He spoke up for what is right, and also, and most importantly, he pointed people to Jesus. He may have been thrust into the spotlight, but he was ready to fade into the background when Jesus came center stage. One who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Great humility and self awareness. In fact, if we were to move from Luke chapter 3 to John chapter 3, we see John the Baptist likening himself to the best man at a wedding. The best man has a key role to play. But when the bride arrives, the best man steps aside. It's wrong for him to seek the limelight. And so John the Baptist declares, he must become greater, the he being Jesus, he must become greater, I must become less. So how might we apply all this to our own lives and situations? How might we learn from his example? Because for me, as I read these verses, I see that in his own day and in his own way, He was working out and living out what it meant to be a whole life disciple of Christ. He humbly lived out his call. How might we do that? Do we have a clear sense of who God has called us to be? And do we live out that call of humility and obedience wherever he has placed us? We had a welcome evening here uh, two or three weeks ago. One or two of you were were here for that, for folks who joined the church relatively recently. And uh, as well as enjoying some great food and building relationships with one another, we watched an excerpt from the Life on the Frontline video, the one some of you may remember, which we showed three or four years ago as part of our introductory series on whole life discipleship. And in that video, we met Anne, You may remember Anne. Anne was a single mum called to bring her children up in the ways of Christ. Anne had a job in the local school, and she recognised that part of her call was fulfilling that role with integrity and love to her colleagues, to the children. And then in her leisure time, Anne could be found down at the local gym, where she recognised her call to be a witness in word and action. Who we are and where we are matters. We're not asked to live out someone else's call. We're not asked to, you know, try and be Esther with a great singing voice. We're not all called to be going out to India working with Haven Home. Not many of us are called to be doctors or teachers, or mums, or the list continues. We're not called to wish we were someone else, but to make the most of who we are and where God has called us. We're also called to speak up for what is right. We may not have a public role like John the Baptist, but we all have influence with someone, somewhere. I come bearing gifts this morning. Some of you have had these already, but I've got a number of these uh, 6M cards in my pocket. 6Ms, they're some of the priorities that we've recognized as a church. To model godly character, to make good work, to minister grace and love, to mold culture, to be a mouthpiece of truth and justice, and to be a messenger of the gospel. how might we be a mouthpiece for truth and justice? Because that's what John the Baptist certainly was. Well, it starts in our own homes if we have others living with us in the way we graciously and lovingly stand up for what is right. It spills out into our workplaces or to the school gates or our places of leisure. It's expressed in our actions as well as our words. Our treatment of the environment, our attitude to the asylum seeker, our use of our resources, the call of every disciple to speak up for what is right. If you want one of these cards, do come and see me afterwards. And then thirdly, there's pointing people to Jesus. We've been running the Alpha Course uh, this term, and many people have benefited from that. And two weeks ago, we watched um, this particular excerpt from a video of Hugo Monnier, who's a former England rugby player. Thanks, Ian.
2: and to talk about, which is great, whether it be socialising, making new friends, going to a new job, became a professional rugby player. Um, I guess I, I thought I was a bit too cool to go to church. It wasn't so much a priority in my life, but on the back burner and kind of became infatuated and, and I things took the role of God in my life. That's kind of how it was for me. But then kind of moving into rugby, that, that changed a little bit, it became more of a focal point when I just started to find my feet a little bit uh, funny, before every game people talk about rituals, and some guys they put the right sock on first or they're out for the changing them last but for me, within rugby, the one thing I always had to do was get on the phone and say a prayer before I went out to the rugby pitch. For me, that moment was more important than the training I had done. We had a huge game against uh, London Wasps and um, they are a big rival, a huge game for us and uh, written the message under my top and uh, the score, one of the best guys I ever scored from Harlequins. is my my tea and uh, school scored this try and lifted up my top shown this message which says uh, thank you Jesus no one saw the message apart from the people in front of me which were in the crowd none of my teammates are seen it not until about Tuesday Wednesday some pictures came out in the press and they it came on in the internet and then I'm like you what the heck was that? Did, didn't get it then some some were very concerned that was everything okay in your life why do you need Jesus, I and mean, what, what does that mean, I mean, like, are you cult now, and asking all these kind of weird questions, I was so glad that it became a topic, because it's really cool, and then you just start talking to them about, you know, the reasons why you did it, and why I felt it, for me, this has been my best news, and I want the world to know about it, for me, it's just having conversations, it's not knocking the door too high, but it's just telling people about your good news, I love going to church, I love my God, because of, this is what he's done for me. You want a part of it, whatever it is, but it's just having a decent conversation. If people can trust and they see the authenticity in you, then they may be on a piece of it too. I, I now commentate, I talk about rugby, and when I do my commentary, the one thing I know I've got to do is be excited about it, because I'm talking to people at home, and if I can't be excited about rugby, how can I expect people at home to be? And the same is, with, same is with the Christian faith. If When I'm talking about my Christian faith, if I'm like, what's it like, yeah, and I'm it's, it's not bad you know. Um, you know they do good cups of tea and uh, the message is normally pretty good no one coming to church but if I'm genuinely excited about it then they may get excited they may want to understand they may want to get it for them and uh, yeah, be authentic about it be honest, tell them about your experiences don't judge anyone and if you're excited about it show them that you're excited being a light
1: I think that speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? Pointing people to Jesus. What's our life say about the primacy of Jesus? Are we seeking attention for ourselves, recognition for ourselves, wanting people to like us, to praise us up? I mean, yes, maybe we all need a degree of affirmation, but who is it that ultimately gets the glory? It was clear in that interview with Ugo that it was God who gets the glory. I never tire of singing uh, Timothy Dudley Smith's uh, hymn, Lord for the years your love has kept and guided. And the most challenging verse, I think it's the fifth verse, goes like this. Lord for ourselves, in living power we make us, self on the cross and Christ upon the throne. Past put behind us, for the future take us, Lord of our lives, to live for Christ alone. It's very easy in this world to live with ourselves centre stage, with ourselves effectively on the throne. In the language of that song, leaving Jesus on the cross. As Christmas approaches, it's actually a good time for us to reflect and check our bearings. Can we say, like John the Baptist, he must become greater? I. Must become less. John the Baptist's whole life was given over to the one who is worthy of adulation. What about yours?